Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I am your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, I explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron of the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around, because we have got some exploring to do. Now, if you saw the episode title, you already know who we'll be covering, but here's the rundown. I'll be covering campaigns for music by Beach Chapel, Wild Earth, and John Millay, with links to these in the show notes. And I've got a brief conversation with someone from an indie record label as we talk about Spotify and Bandcamp. But first, I want to tell you about our Spotlight campaign. I've only recently become aware of the music of Beach Chapel, the artist name of Adam Lama, but as it turns out, he's been releasing singles online for a couple years now. In fact, 12 singles over the last three years. He's friends with Stephen Lufkin, the artist name Lufkin, and part of the globe-spanning indie artist collective, One Big Family. Now, if you've never heard the music of Beach Chapel, I'll play a clip that one of the critics for UTR Media highlighted as one of the best songs of 2021. It's the Beach Chapel track, Shiny Stuff, and it was featured in its entirety on the most recent episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast, episode 71, along with a dozen other fantastic tracks from last year. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast with even more amazing songs that the critics panel are ready to share with you from last year. But here's that clip of Beach Chapel so that you know who we're talking about. And here's a clip from his song, Swim. My faith is here with you, you. And this faith is strong and true, true. Standing with you in the ocean, I feel the waves, I feel the motions. Jesus, 
And if you want to know more about Adam and what he's doing with Beach Chapel, I've got a homework assignment for you. Check out the May 23rd, 2021 episode of the podcast, Listen to This, where the featured artist is Beach Chapel. And then check out the True Tunes podcast episode from November 18th, 2021, that also featured Beach Chapel along with Lovegan. For the last few years, Adam's been self-funding all his Beach Chapel singles one at a time, but just a few days ago, fellow one Big Family team member and host of the Listen to This podcast, Drew Schaefer, launched a GoFundMe campaign to help raise $7,777 in 40 days to allow Adam to put out a proper Beach Chapel EP. Now, there's no specific reward tier for supporting the project, but any donation over $100 will land you a t-shirt and a handwritten note. If you're into what he's doing or his music and want to help out, please head over to GoFundMe and search for Beach Chapel. Or you can use the link in the show notes. So what's one way you can be a good patron? Well, before we get there, first I want to share a conversation I just had with Eric McClanahan from the indie record label Blurescent. He'd recently tweeted something, and I asked if he'd be willing to come on and talk about it a bit. His tweets on January 29th said this, Spotify is great for music discovery, but if you rely on it for storing all the music you love, you're going to be let down eventually. Music will come and go from Spotify. Unless the uploader pays an extra fee, there's no guarantee an album will stay on streaming services forever. He went on to say, a distributor subscription fee has to be renewed every year, or albums they didn't pay the extra fee for will disappear. At some point, it won't be worth it to renew for many, especially in the indie music field. I'm already thinking of not renewing mine. And he closed by saying, The way to guarantee you can hear the music you love is to purchase it on cassette, CD, vinyl, or Bandcamp. iTunes rules are sketchy, but still a solid option. Plus, with one purchase, you'll be giving the artist more money than you ever would from streaming their music. Now, as I've already said, those tweets really caught my attention, and I was glad he was able to chat with me to give me more context for what he said. I learned a few things, and I also found a kindred spirit in my love for Bandcamp. So here is my chat with Eric McClanahan. Let me go ahead and and get started. Um, Eric, I want to welcome you to the Good Patron Podcast. I can't remember if I knew about you on Twitter before I knew about Medical Morning, or if it was because of your involvement with Medical Morning, but uh, that's a, a shoegaze worship project um, mm-hmm. that, that Travis does, but your label helped put out on CD. Correct. But then you do other stuff as Blue Rescent. Is it Blue Rescent Recordings or just... I say Blurescent, but some people oh, say Blurescent. Blue Rescent. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good with either. <laughs> it doesn't have the E, so I guess Blurescent makes a lot yeah. more sense. I've been saying <laughs> it wrong all this time. So tell, us, tell us about you and Blurescent as an indie label. Um, I've just always been very interested in the music scene and got to the point where I just wanted to be more involved and help get music in people's ears. So, uh, it started out, I was inspired by like the CD compilations from my childhood where that was the main point of discovering music before streaming and things like that was you'd get like a tooth and nail sampler or some Christian music store sampler they'd have and find new artists that way. And I kind of wanted to try and, you know, do my own version of that, even in the streaming era. So I got a 
got Falling Up and some original songs by Seaside Holiday and Up and Adam and some other artists. And we put together a compilation and put that out in early 2019. Then uh, from there, uh, Travis Estes, who you mentioned with Medical Morning, he sent me his project before it released. And I just thought it was so good. So I had to have my hands in that somehow because it just really shocked me at how great it was. So we did CDs for him. Then from there, I'd become friends with a guy named Timmy, who is holding days. And he's a very prolific and talented young man. I think he's 23 years old and he uh, he's just very talented. So I've been working with him his last few releases. And it's kind of where we are right now. Kind of things have slowed down a little bit right now. Just kind of trying to take a little break and may start back up with some things here soon. We'll see. So the reason I brought you on Mm -hmm. is because you tweeted something recently about Spotify. And of course, right now, early February of 2022, there's all the the hoopla about artists pulling music off of Spotify because Spotify was paying Joe Rogan for his podcast and content. But there's already been a long concern about Spotify and how they pay artists or Mm -hmm don't pay artists that had some artists on the fence, but like that's where people are listening. And there's just a lot of mixed feelings about Spotify. Right. But then in the middle of all that, you made a comment about kind of, Hey, if, if you want to know that you can listen to music, even if an artist isn't on Spotify anymore, buy the CD, <laughs> buy their music on Bandcamp or somewhere, mm-hmm. which I'm a huge advocate for. But then you said something about, it sounded like, like having to renew having your label's music on Spotify that may be costing something. Can you, can you kind of talk about that from the, a label and artist perspective? Yeah. So I go through DistroKid. Their uh, contract for record labels is uh, up to five artists at $75 a year, which is not bad at all. But you have to renew that every year. Or when you add an album to the streaming services, you pay a $30 fee that will keep it on the streaming services even after your contract expires. So for small labels, that $30 fee is probably, you know, really on Spotify, you're probably not going to make that back with, with most <laughs> artists. How many, how many streams would it take to make $30? I mean, is it like in the hundreds of well, thousands? About, they, they pay at, at the most, I think is half a cent per stream. So one album stream generates five cents. So I'm not exactly sure how, what the math is that would add that up to, to $30, but it would, it would be significant, which for, for, you know, a mid-sized band or something that can probably be made up. No big deal. But like when you're working with just emerging artists, you know, just kind of trying to get their name out there and hoping for some press or some playlists, it's, it's not a guarantee that that'll be recouped. Yeah. So you're kind of at that pivotal point of having to renew your licensing with DistroKid and decide it. Do you want to still keep that right active or as you get new albums, is it worth the money to put it in there? And yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how, how active the record label is going to be from here on out. I'm working with Jesse from following up on some, some uh, label stuff. So I'm going to be kind of collaborating with him here and there as he puts stuff out. So I'm not exactly sure how, how active fluorescence is going to be in the future. So I don't know whether I'm going to re- keep renewing that $75 every year. And some of the releases I did not pay that $30 for. So they, if I do not renew, then they'll fall off of streaming services for good unless somebody else comes in and re-adds them with that fee. But you've got them on Bandcamp. Yes, they're always on Bandcamp. So tell me about that, because I'm a huge fan of Bandcamp. What's the process like of getting it 
up on Bandcamp and how's that, how's that different for the, the label and for the artist? Well, the cool thing about Bandcamp is there's no third party. Like you go if, for Spotify and Apple Music and all that, you go through DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby or somebody like that and they upload it. You never speak with anyone from any of the streaming services or have any say. You just hope that what you put in the fields is correct. And you don't, you know, I think you can always change if things aren't right, but it may not update immediately. With, with Bandcamp, you have pretty much full control you can go in and edit things immediately and it'll change you can add when you want your release and you can set it for what date you want it to release you can have it for pre-orders you just have all the control with Bandcamp. i've seen folks even just on a on a weekend say for this weekend only name your price or for this weekend only all my back catalog 75 percent off as a one-time fee and you get everything i've ever done or Today, you know, this is this, but tomorrow it'll be that. Or I love the the pre-orders, so I can actually pre-order something and get one or two songs early. But then when the album comes out, you know, it's mine. Well, the other thing that you can do with Bandcamp that you can't do with iTunes is I can buy physical merch. Like mm-hmm. I was able to buy the the CD mm-hmm. of your sampler and the Medical Morning Project um, that I can't buy as physical merch on on iTunes or Spotify. Right. So that's. That's pretty cool. And in most cases, you know, you get the digital download with it when you when you buy physical merch. Um, I wasn't able to do that with I think with Medical Morning because I think I think he had all all the all the rights to his downloads and things. So we just sold the CD. But yeah, there's just so much more control and things with with Bandcamp that, that the artist and label have. Well, and you're you're able to get um, if I remember right, you can do the the download codes. Mm-hmm. And just print those out on cards or something. Mm-hmm. And a band can even sell those at their table at a show. Yeah. And so I can buy a download code and then go home, sign in and say, add this to my catalog, add me to the mailing list. Mm-hmm. And boom, now it's in my locker at Bandcamp forever mm-hmm. for streaming or you know, download the files and put it on a, on a device. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bought it live from the band. Right. And they could just, you know... I think that's huge. Yeah. I can't do that with a lot of the other services. Yeah, my, my artists that I work with don't really play many live shows, so I've not I've not had an experience with with that aspect of it. But um, I have with the download codes. It makes it easy to send to bloggers and websites and things like that. You just you know let them know about your artist and send them a code. And I've had several several people download from the codes and things like that, and they've gotten a little bit of, of press and things from that. Nothing major, but. You know. Well, and even without even without buying the album, so today's Saturday, the fifth. Yesterday was Friday the fourth, which was Bandcamp Friday, the first Friday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, Bandcamp saying the artist will get all of the money from the sale, not just. So, well, let me back up. iTunes and Amazon, the artist makes I think seventy percent of, or the label makes seventy percent of the you know ticket price. If it's ten dollars for the album, they get seventy percent of that, seven dollars. But with uh, Bandcamp, it's I think eighty five percent. They only take fifteen percent. But on Bandcamp Friday, the artist gets all of it. Mm-hmm. I found several new releases yesterday and was able to listen to all of it, like mm-hmm. Spotify. But then I was able to buy it. So even if I don't even have to pay up front. To hear the whole song on Bandcamp, I can still stream it as a visitor mm-hmm. to to check it out. It reminds me of like the old listening stations on an end cap in a store or the old demo booth with the right. you know, demo cassettes, mm-hmm. you know, checking out the whole thing before I spend the money instead of like 
30 second snippets. Mm-hmm. I just, I find it really useful as yeah. a, as a fan. What's it like the experience as a label or as a band versus some of the other platforms? I just think, like I said, the, the, the control and everything is, is just huge. Um, I think what probably, I, I think the ideal thing for, for most artists and record labels is if, the music would be purchased on Bandcamp and then they would go to their streaming service that they have and stream the music. And that generates even more revenue. It's like double dipping. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, that's probably the ideal thing. Although most people probably don't really, they, they just do what what's comfortable and, and that's, that's understandable. But uh, I guess for the, I guess the best patrons, maybe the, maybe the thing to do would be to buy from Bandcamp and then to, to stream on streaming services. And I, I actually do that. I've, I've started using Spotify for music discovery and all I use the paid plan and, and mm-hmm. I find that really useful for music discovery. Yes. But then if I like the band, I'll buy it on Bandcamp mm-hmm. um, or get the physical merch. But then if I'm at work or in the car, I'm probably listening on my phone, which means just streaming from Spotify. You know, but I like the Bandcamp locker streaming. Mm-hmm. I like the Spotify streaming. But yeah, if, if I can stream it on Spotify and even give them that that half a cent a stream. Mm-hmm. It, it does add up. It does add up. You know, it, it's not Spotify is not just a complete waste, but it's, it's also, it's maybe some extra money for, for meals for band on, on, on the road. I, I guess there's some, some, so like one advantage for Spotify is a band I like can see, Oh, there are like 50 listeners in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. We might actually make that a tour stop. Mm-hmm. So they can use those demographics to, but what they don't have is my email address. And on mm-hmm. Bandcamp, you do, because mm-hmm. I tick a little box that says, add me to their mailing list. Right. And so now through Bandcamp, all those artists have direct access to me. They don't through iTunes, they don't through Amazon, they don't through Spotify, but they can through Bandcamp. And then you can tell me about a new release, you can tell me about a tour, you can tell me about a crowdfunding campaign. Um, all because like you're able to get get your your backers on a mailing list. Yeah, and I think that's uh, one of the the main reasons that bands will do pay what you want on there because it's that's a great way to just you know rack up people on on their mailing list and things. And when your next big release comes out, if you want to charge something, you know, if you've, you've built these fans from letting them have music from free, and then you know they may be willing to to pay for your next release. That was one of the advantages back in the day of noise trade yes. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a way to kind of throw a few singles out, build up a base of people that you can then notify. Yeah. So as as a label, kind of wanting to support the the artists that you're working with, and a lot of them aren't like forever signed to your label. They're just like projects they're doing with you, right? Yeah, we just do we just do release by release kind of kind of thing. What do you see as some of their greatest needs, some of the best ways we can support them as fans these days? I mean, I think word of mouth is a huge thing. People have so many links that just come across their feeds every day. And I think one thing is just people in your life who, who trust your, your taste and judgment and, you know, maybe tell them about, tell them why you like it, share, you know, the, the band camp, band camp links with them and just use more than just your 280 characters and tell people about it. <laughs> genuine recommendation and not just uh it doesn't come across as marketing absolutely absolutely i'm i'm 100 on what you're saying thanks for helping kind of explain the the connection with spotify and comparing that to Bandcamp as well i think the the challenge for the podcast listener this month will be 
uh, buy a project on Bandcamp. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of it. And um, I think there are all kinds of advantages from a listener perspective and a abandoned label perspective. Absolutely. So thanks for helping me kind of talk through some of that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. So absolutely. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. So as I said in the conversation, my good patron challenge to you this episode is to buy some music on Bandcamp. This is one of my favorite ways to support an artist. I covered it way back in episode 16, but that was almost three years ago. Guess what? I still love this way of supporting artists. And as I'd said in our chat, you can also purchase physical merch on Bandcamp. If you're not sure what you might want to get on Bandcamp, I have a few suggestions here for you from some very recent releases. The new Ronnie Martin album that we talked about in episode 45, From the Womb of the Morning, The Dew of Your Youth Will Be Yours. Yeah, that just came out. The Josiah Z Project, Lift Up Your Eyes, that we talked about in episode 43. That just came out. Brandon Swanner's project, Jealous Grace, that we covered back in episode 40. Yeah, that just released. Firefighter, that's F-Y-R-F-Y-T-R, just released his album, Two. And Terry Scott Taylor's double album, This Beautiful Mystery, just came out. Please find an album, new or old, from a band you've loved for years or just discovered, and buy it on Bandcamp. And if you do pick something up on Bandcamp, I'd love to find out what it was. Share it on Twitter and tag at GoodPatron, so I'll be sure to see it. And I don't want to make a nuisance of myself, but here is my public appeal to a couple different artists. Tina Boonstra, if you're listening, please put all the new music you've recorded since 2018 up on Bandcamp. And is there any chance that that stuff might someday make it onto a CD? Circina, if you're listening, please find a way to put all your music up on Bandcamp, at least the new Orchards album. And again, any chance that might make it to CD? I saw something about vinyl as well. How do we get that? Ross King, your album Unfinished was one of my favorites last year. I bought your CD from the website, but it would have been great if it was up on Bandcamp so I'd have the digital version in my locker as well. Okay, that's the end of my public call for artists to put their music on Bandcamp. I've got a couple other great artists you should know about that could really use your support coming up right after this quick break. Hey, this is Ross King, singer-songwriter and longtime friend of UTR. I've got a special offer for all you songwriters out there. Last fall, I released a new songwriting instruction course called Tools Not Rules. It's a six-part, three-hour video series filled with tools, methods, and systems I use every single day as I write not only my own songs, but songs that are recorded by other artists and also songs that are used in film, TV, and advertising. And I'd love for you to have this course. So for a limited time, I'll be giving a 25% discount to my UTR friends. Just go to rosskingmusic.com slash UTR25 to find out more. That's rosskingmusic.com slash UTR25. Thanks. This UTR podcast is brought to you by Judson University in Elgin, Illinois. Do you have a high schooler considering choices in higher education? Judson is one of the premier Christian universities with over 60 majors and a 13 to 1 student to professor ratio. 
Judson's 90-acre wooded campus is only 36 miles outside of Chicago, with students enrolled from 29 different countries. Their tuition is 20% lower than average college prices, and 99% of students receive some form of financial aid or scholarships. They also offer graduate degrees and adult online programs. Start with a virtual tour of Judson U's campus at judsonu.edu. That's Judson, the letter U, dot edu. Welcome back to the second half of the show. Before I share the last two campaigns this episode, I want to suggest a few things. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you find something that connects with you. Be sure to subscribe or follow the show so you'll be sure to catch new episodes every month. If you're already a subscriber or regular listener, consider joining the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group on Facebook or follow at Good Patron on Twitter to find out about all the new campaigns as we discover them. Okay, back to the new campaigns. Way back in 2014, I backed an Indiegogo campaign for an alternative rock band's CD, a band I'd never heard of until I stumbled across that campaign, a band I hadn't even realized at the time was from a nearby town and had connections to old friends. That band was Wild Earth, and I've been a fan of theirs ever since that first project. Over the last 10 years, they've put out two full-length albums, two EPs, and some singles. Now they've just launched an Indiegogo campaign for a new full-length album to be titled Weary Hymns Along the Way. Here's a clip of one of their singles from a couple years back so you know what they usually sound like. Here's All of This is Sacred. video for the project just had an instrumental track and it's a lot more chill than their earlier work. So here's a clip of what that sounds like. Now, they've said these songs are their attempt to voice their own experiences of being in seasons of weariness, darkness, emotional fatigue and doubt, but still experiencing hope, abundance, and joy. 
Their goal is to raise $6,000 with only a 14-day campaign, and they started about a week ago. So this campaign will close February the 16th. They don't have any CDs available, but $20 will get you an early download of the full album. $50 will get you that early download and a shirt and stickers and an invite for two to a listening party event somewhere in Phoenix. They even have an acoustic show and a full band show as options. If you're interested, I suggest, well, I suggest you just use the link in the show notes to find the campaign. Sadly, it was set up with dashes between the letters on the website. So if you go to Indiegogo and search for Wild Earth, it it doesn't even show up. Um, That's not so great. But the link in the show notes works. And then there's one more support opportunity I want to make you aware of. Folk Americana artist John Millay had put out the album Things New and Old back in 2016, and it had a couple songs I just loved. I Sold My Soul and Leaning on a Cane. So here are clips of those two tracks so you know what he sounds like. When I sold my soul to the devil I didn't have to meet him at the crossroads I didn't need to sign a dotted line to know the deal was closed I just made some choices bad I sent my soul to the devil easy as I owed my soul to the devil But Jesus bought it back with blood The only price that would suffice To pay for what I'd done I cheated my brother and I lied in my father's face Believe me, he wasn't laughing Called me Jacob, cause that's what I am I'm a crafty, self-sufficient man I never leaned on anybody, oh, I lived up to my name But now I worship leaning on a Anyway, in the last five years, he's continued to do some live shows and writing a lot of songs. In fact, he's recorded 48 demos and released them to his Patreon community. And he's got an album and an EP ready to record. But this time around, this time around, he wants to build his own studio. So he and his wife purchased their first house in Oklahoma. They're working on turning the shop that was on the property into a studio for a new label named Mended records and he's asking for support and he's got a number of ways that you can get involved you can make a donation through paypal or join his patreon community those both help and then he's also set up a funding shop where he's got merch available and the purchase of that merch directly helps fund the new studio so if you think you might be interested in helping him out head over to mendedrecords.com for more information about what he's doing and how you can help I really hope that as you listen to this podcast, both this episode and episodes to come, you encounter campaigns and artists that connect with you, and then you'll follow up and check them out. 
And I hope this episode's discussion about Spotify and Bandcamp gave you some ideas about how we can better support the artists we love. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. Message me on Twitter at GoodPatron, or you can email me goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron, and I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Until next episode, remember, great music doesn't just happen, so get involved. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.